topics. Let's jump right in. Have you, have you watched Hard Knocks at all or no? No. Although, this is the first year since the Jets were on it that I'm actually, like, thinking about watching it. See, I haven't watched any of them. I said I would, but I always end up not doing it. And from what I heard, the cast of characters are so far. Well, what happened today should be really interesting. What's going to happen next episode? Have you heard? From today? What happened? The Browns linebacker, I forgot his name. He's probably new to the podcast. But he was indicted on, on insider trading. Oh, I did not hear that. Do you know what insider trading is, Jared? I do know what insider trading is. Okay. <laughs> I know if you did. Um, yeah. So, in just 10, 10, 20 minutes ago, guess what happened to him? What? You're not going to believe this, Jared. He was released. Well, what role did he have on the team? I honestly don't know. See, that's the big key. Like, yeah, he's released, but if he was a bubble guy that he wasn't going to make the team anyway, then it's not really that big of a deal. I know he's but if he was, like, going to be, like, one of their starters, then it's a more of a big deal. From what I read, he turned $145,000 into, like, a million plus, like, from nine, from nine months ago. That's pretty cool. Not saying... Pretty illegal. I'm not... Just, you know, at the end of a podcast, we do not suggest you do insider trading. Correct. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, and I think the Browns in general will have some good storylines coming into this season. So I think it's probably worth watching. I, I almost kicked click play on an episode <laughs> a few days ago, but I did not. I've been thinking of watching the wire, but I haven't decided what they Well that's what I've been watching all summer. So I'm almost <laughs> done. Yeah. I'm I I'm on the last season. I have like five episodes left. I heard Idris Elba's really good in the show. Everyone's good in it. You know who was in it at the beginning? Michael E. Jordan. I know everyone who's in it. I've been I've been watching the show. All right. Well, hopefully somebody will watch Deep for me and tell me if I should watch that. Or if anybody here that listens to the MJ podcast has watched Deep, tell me if I should watch it. Okay. Uh, Jared, we do not think of any topics. We just went right into this. That's okay. All right. Uh, uh, what should we talk about? Well, I think the next thing got to be the MLB trade deadline has, has been, you know, since we did a podcast, we really haven't talked much of the deals that have happened. But that would be something that, you know, would be relevant for this. It's pretty close to the waiver deadline, the already the non-waiver deadline already passed. And we're now at the waiver deadline. There's been a couple moves in the last couple days. And there might be a couple more moves before that deadline passes. And, um, you know, the, the Astros have been a team that's right there with the A's. It's been a pretty good that's race. Been very good they just, watch, yeah. They've just finished their last game against each other today with a walk-off the home run from the Astros. Run by, uh, I forgot, I think White. I forgot what was that yes. Tucker, yeah. Tucker White, I think. Tucker White, yeah, his 10th homer of the year. And – He's having yeah. a really good second half for the Astros. Um, I actually thought of what to be talking about. It has to do with MLB. The Mets and Yankees both have two horrendous first basemen that really both fans do not like. Their names, Greg Bird and Dominic Smith. 
All right, but the, Dominic Smith is not really on the Mets. He's Dominic, in the minors. Dominic Smith, people were not as high on. For the past couple well, of years, uh, Bird, 365 days ago, Dom Smith was a top prospect for the Mets. So, But, he, but I'm like, I think people talk, I people more talk about Rosario than him. Where... Well, yes, he Rosario was the was the was the better prospect overall, but Dom Smith was a pretty big deal when he came up. You're right, but he has been awful, and, and I want to talk about Greg Bird. Because I remember, I, I remember at the end of I think 2014 or 2017, he had a nice little stretch over there where he was being pretty good, and all the Yankee fans I never heard from. Oh, this guy's gonna be amazing. He got injured. Fine, he'll be back next season. He gets injured again. We're back this season. It has been so fun to watch him have a below 200 batting average and to see all the Yankee fans make excuses as to why he's good. He's not good. He is. I had to find it very fun to watch. Uh, I, I, I am right now here in the New York Twitter section where you aren't. So right. I see all of these tweets like, I can't say that. I can't say the curse words, but. You can imagine what it says. Well, it's funny because I actually drafted Greg Bird in oh, my no. fantasy draft this year. Oh, no. And then I kept him on the DL because I was like, well, he'll come back and be good. And I was like, well, he stinks in the first couple of weeks, but he'll get better. <laughs> and then eventually I just had to drop him because he just never got any better. And eventually I was like, all right, this guy's not getting any better. So I had to drop him. So that was a big flop for me in fantasy this year. Well, props to him for tonight. Yeah, actually. I'm looking I just – I think here's the thing. Like, there's really no excuse. You play in Yankee Stadium, which is conducive to hitting home runs. Like, there's – it's a yeah. hitter's ballpark. It's maybe the most hitter's ballpark in the, in the Absolutely. league. Absolutely. You're also in the best lineup in the league. So you're going to see good pitches because look who else is in the lineup. You have, like, a bunch of – Absolute studs in the lineup with you, you know, Stanton, Judge, Stanton, Judge, Hicks, Sanchez, all these guys. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, really, you're gonna get good pitches to hit, so, and there's gonna be guys on base, and there's really no excuse uh, to hitting like he's been around like 200 or lower for a while. He's not one of He actually did a double today, which makes him it was which is less than the batting average from 186 to 188, and his <laughs> past 36 at bats, he's three for 36. Yeah. What are the being really grand slam and like the extra and like late innings of a, of a blown out game? I will say though, we're talking about some prospects. Really love the way that Ahmed Rosario has been playing. Like, yeah, he's been really nice the past two weeks. He's been yeah pounding the ball. Yeah, he's he he just he plays the game the right way too, which is something that is concerning for some of the other guys that come up. Yeah, but he's he's really been excellent, and I think. Everyone dogs Jose Reyes, which I agree, like, he hasn't had a good year at all, and maybe he should just hang him up, and we've talked about that on this podcast. But Reyes has taken him under his wing and made him, you know, a little bit better. I, I think Reyes has really been a good mentor for Ahmed Rosario. And when he was been when he was struggling, Rosario, I really think Reyes was, was really helpful to him. So I know he hasn't been playing well, and the bottom line is – you know, he hasn't been playing well all season, but at least he's doing something in that clubhouse to help out a young guy like that. Uh, yeah, and as defense, I remember the beginning of the season, defense was not really that good. Defense has been really good lately, dude. Yeah, he's since been the good. break, it's been much better than it was the first half. And I think, really, it's unfair. Like, everyone's trying to characterize him after him playing, like, 10, 15 major league games. 
you need a while to be up in the major leagues and get comfortable. And I don't, I don't think that last year he was able to really do that when he came up. And then yeah. at the beginning of this year, the pressure was on. The team was trying to win. Right now is the perfect time to really get acclimated because there's no pressure. Obviously, you want to win games and be competitive, but if they lose, it's not the end of the world. So there's a little bit less pressure on him. They've experimented with batting him now leadoff versus where he was earlier in the season, which was the number eight spot. And he seems to just be more confident. He's still one of the biggest things he needs to work on is his stealing of bases. Yeah. Because he's very fast, but he has been picked off before. He's been thrown out. He likes to try to do this, like, fake slide where he, like, takes one hand and fakes that he's going to put it in and then try to fake out the – Like Javier Baez. Yeah. It doesn't work. Like, just get to the base before the ball. Don't try to be so cute about it. But – other than those little things that will come, he's he's really made some big improvements over the past year, and that that's what I want to say. Why it's why it's absolute embarrassment where the Mets do this with their prospects. They they do not understand that if you're going to have a top prospect like this who's playing really well, like Ahmed Rosario was tearing the cover off the ball. People were complaining last year for months that he should have been brought up. They finally bring him up. And it's like they don't want to take the training wheels off these guys. Like you need to let them play at the major league level or else there's no way they're going to figure it out. And I agree that Dom Smith has been absolutely terrible. I don't disagree with that. But I disagree with the fact that they have not handled him well. Like they they keep moving him up, moving him down, playing him in the outfield. How is that going to help? You know, and they play him him all all over the place. He's up and down in the lineup. He's not – he's on the bench. He's he's not – you have to give an opportunity to him. And now we see the Mets are getting a ton of heat because they said they're not going to call up Peter Alonso yeah. in September. And, again, this is the problem. And I understand maybe they said, okay, if we call this guy up, then we need to give him at bats. We can't sit him on the bench. And they want to try to have Jay Bruce at first base. So they were like, well, we want to give Jay Bruce the playing time at first base, not Alonzo. So we're going to leave Alonzo down. We Who cares about Jay Bruce at this point? You know what I'm saying? Jay Bruce, I know he worked hard to get back from the injury, but you could work Jay Bruce, Jay Bruce into a platoon in the outfield and figure it out, basically. You know, it, Peter Alonzo is the future. Jay Bruce is not the future. So if the kid's ready to come up and play, sit Jay Bruce on the bench. I, I'm sorry. Like, the, I know the guy battled hard to get back from an injury, and he wants to be healthy down the stretch, but – what does it do for you to have Jay Bruce at first base? They're like, oh, we need to get Jay Bruce ready for next year at first base. No, next year you should have Alonzo at first base and give him an opportunity to play and see if he can play. What if you have Jay Bruce at first base next year? Alonzo's going to be back down in AAA? Like, obviously, he's done enough there that he does not need to sit in AAA any longer. Yeah, pretty much. I you nailed it. What <laughs> to say? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. You've seen all this stuff with Alonzo. Like, have you been reading that stuff? Like, do you feel that like he deserves to be up? Yeah. Did you see what his agent said yesterday? Yeah, I saw that. I liked it a lot. Because he pretty much said what a lot of Mets fans are feeling. And, yeah, I liked it a lot. Well, I don't know if it's the role of the agent to really say those kind of things. You know, it's not really his place. But I understand. It's the place for the media. No, but okay. it's not the agent's job to do that. Like, did you like when DeGrom's agent said what he did over the All-Star break? No, but 
Well, what's I the difference? Saying, I see you're saying, yeah, I guess so. It's not. It's out of line. Like I, I understand that he felt the need to speak up to say that because he needed to stick up for his client, but it's it's not his place. Like the media, that's what the media is there for. You can leak things if you're an agent. You can leak things to the media that your client's not happy, and let the media take care of it. How do you, but leak you don't things? need to. What? Like, like how do you leak things? You just like call up a reporter and be like, hey, don't ask you to this, but this and this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can. A lot of yeah. people will do that. Oh. Well, because a lot of people try to use that to get advantage, you know? Like, obviously, in this situation, the agent took matters in his own hands. But if he would call up, you know, someone at SNY or Anthony one of the Mets, One of the – yeah, Anthony – well, Anthony Como is not really the guy to call because he is writes for MLB.com. So he's kind of like an internal beat reporter. You should – you know, instead, you want to call up like one of the guys that writes for the athletic. There's a few people that write for the athletic that cover the Mets. Ken mm-hmm. Rosenthal is a, is a good example of a national reporter, yeah. but not someone who <coughs> excuse me, not someone who covers the Mets on a local perspective. But you can call up a newspaper reporter, you know, from the Daily News and the New York yeah. Post that cover the Mets. They have, um, you know, the, there's guys at the New York Times that cover the Mets. Whatever you feel like. You know, a lot of these agents and people, they have friends, they have they have people that they consider close, that they're close with, so they'll try to help them out and give them the story first. So, you know, it could be could be somebody from WFAN. I mean, uh, WFAN, or it could be someone from the Mets radio station, whatever they want to do to give them that scoop. Um, but, yeah, a lot of times agents will do that. That's how, like, I mean, you think about this. How do you think these reporters – that break news like for free agency and stuff. How do they know where these players are going when they say like, "Oh, it's down to three teams." Who do you think tells them that? Not the teams. They're trying to sign the guy. So, so I kind of my mind is processing this right now. So this this is kind of how it works in politics too, technically, right? Yeah. Okay. So like all the call- information when like these reporters say like, "Breaking news: This and this is happening." They have to have someone that tells them. Oh, just put it together. Wow. You know? So yeah. there's someone who speaks about it. Um, if you look at – if you actually watch yesterday – I don't know if we talked about this a little bit. Kirk Cousins uh, released the video. So when he was a free agent over the summer, Kirk Cousins actually, like, had a video crew follow him around. And he actually had like this whole thing documented about how, what the process was like for him to become a free agent in the NFL and the teams that were courting him and what the process was like. And part one came out yesterday and you watch it and it's basically him talking on the phone with his agent. And then the agent talks to the media and then he's watching like ESPN and they're like, we're hearing that Kirk Cousins is down to either the Vikings or the Jets and his <laughs> agent. And he'll be on the phone with his agent 20 minutes earlier being like, yeah, it's basically just the, the Vikings or the Jets right now. And then he'll turn on the TV and he'll be like, we're hearing, from, for, we're hearing about this. And <laughs> they don't say Kirk Cousins' agent, but, I mean, that's, what, that's the yeah. source. Like, you know, that's who must have told them what's going on, obviously, because that's the only people that he's talking to. He's on his agent, and then he turns on ESPN. It's Adam Schefter talking about something. It's, you know, one of their reporters talking about it. And so – that's how the agents actually end up basically giving out information to everybody. And the, the teams, like, so for instance, 
let's look at the Vikings. The Vikings agent obviously was leaking information about where his client was going to go. The Vikings aren't going to go to the agent and be like, yo, man, what the heck? Why are you saying this to people? Because they're like, we want to sign your client. They're not about to tell the agent to screw off because they're going to say, well, we really love you, man. Like, we want your client to sign with us. Like, they're trying to pitch these agents and their clients. So they don't want to actually piss off the agents by yelling at them or telling them not to tell anybody. So that's why you have the agents with all the power because no, no one wants to piss them off, but they also talk to the players firsthand and know exactly what's happening. Yeah. Uh, can, I, can I talk about another topic? Yeah, we can move on. Have you heard of the Nixon Nest week, Jared? Have I heard what? This story about the Knicks in the past week. I don't know. I heard about one of their new players who is oh. enjoying New York. <laughs> no. A Knicks fan sold his fanhood on eBay for guess the what's funny. Who paid for it? <laughs> guess the what? How much? $3,450 by, by a Lakers fan. So a Lakers fan paid this guy $3,000 for him to be a Lakers fan? And he will – and at the auction, the the, Knicks, the the guy's name is Evan Perlmutter. I'm assuming he's from New York, but he pledged to attend two games featuring his, his new team, one home and one away, and to bet $500 that the Lakers will pass their over under wind toil. Uh the riddle, the guy, who, the guy who bid on it, is 23 years old. Said it will provide good content for my YouTube channel. <laughs> Pearl, 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 <laughs> Pearl Mutter said he's looking forward to rooting for LeBron James in the Lakers this season. I'm off to one of the most decorated franchises in all sports. Sunny winters with the destination free agents want to go with a, where with the destination free agents actually want to go to Hollywood. And it's time to strive for greatness, he wrote in the email. <laughs> um, the Knicks have responded, we are sure our, Nick, our millions of loyal Knicks fans won't, lose their, won't mind losing this attention, grabbing gentlemen. This, this, this statement said, we remain focused on the, up, on the upcoming season with a hardworking team that is proud to represent New York and its dedicated fans. Can I get a reaction to this right now? I'm actually really surprised the Knicks responded to this. <laughs> Seems like they didn't really need to. Yeah, but they did. That honestly shows you how pathetic the Knicks <laughs> yeah. are that they even responded to it. Yeah. That's what I say. I couldn't believe the Knicks actually made a statement about this. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody really put $3,500 for a guy to root for their team. Like, yeah. And, and they, and they like, put him on a good team. Like, if I had a lot of money, I'd buy this guy's fandom and make him root for a worse team if there is any. But this is just, that's crazy. I saw yeah. a story a little bit earlier when, when, there, when nobody was bidding on it. And I guess it got enough attention where somebody actually thought, you know what, I should wait, I should wait $3,500 on. Sis. Wow. Can you imagine that? Like, it is like, a little sad because, like, you could think about how much good you could do with that money. 
instead of just giving it to this Knicks fan. <laughs> yeah, like if, like if this is me, sure, I'd root for the team just to show it, but I would never actually, I'd still be secretly rooting for the Knicks. Like, nothing that's well, changed me. I feel like I hope this guy who just banked 3800 bucks actually uses it to, like, do some good things. Like, it'd be cool if he was like, hey, I just made this money from this idiot in L.A., and I'm going to be a Lakers fan, sure, but I'm also going to donate it to charity and, like, help some people. I don't, I, I, I think that's really cool, too, but I don't think that's going to happen. Well, that's sad. <laughs> that's so good. Can you imagine that? Like, I'm going to, like, Jared Chapman, I'm going to sell my jet, my, my, uh, my jet fanhood. And he, and he did, oh, he got rid of all the posters and jerseys. <laughs> what did he mean, get rid of it? Did he give it to somebody else? <laughs> That part of it. That, that's really good. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> How the times have changed, Jared, right? Yeah, oh, I mean. Being a Knicks fan is living in the twilight, then, he said. It has just reached a breaking point time and a t- breaking point time and again. Like quicksand. The harder I root, the worse it gets. Uh, it is the same thing every year, he said. Look. Part of me admires the fact that he banked $3,500 off being a fan of the Knicks. That's pretty cool. I don't lie. But part of me also thinks you should remain loyal to your teams. That you definitely means- need to remain loyal to your teams. But the thing is what I'm okay with, I'm not okay with, like, you need to remain loyal. But yeah. if you don't want to spend money on your team because you think they're being ridiculous, then don't spend your money. Just – Watch the games and root for them. Yeah. Okay. I mean, when the Jets, when the Jets got MetLife Stadium and they did their personal seat licenses, I wasn't very happy about that. In fact, I haven't been to a game since they put up the new stadium because I was upset the way they handled that. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to go to any games right now because I'm upset with the way they handle it. I'm upset with the product on the field. They haven't been any good since they opened that stadium. They've been absolutely terrible. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to do it. But I'm happy with the way that they've handled Sam Darnold. And they made the move in the draft to go up and get him because they knew they needed a quarterback. They identified the guy they wanted. They go up and get him. They don't do some Hackenberg nonsense where they just draft some nonsense guy and hope he's going to turn into this magic, magic player. They actually go up and get the best quarterback or – the second best quarterback in the draft. And as a result, I'm looking into attending a Jets game this season. Uh, Sam Turner is going to be really hard right now for me to discuss. Because I have a very bad feeling he's going to be good. Now, I noticed the Jets, and I know that, putting it politely, screw a lot of stuff up. However, I just have this really gut-wrenching bad feeling. And... I mean, the nickname for him, A, is great. Sam, I am. And then, did you see what happened with the Jets and Teddy Bridgewater today? Yeah, they made the trade. Teddy Bridge to New Orleans. Now, here, he looked pretty interesting. The statement, I thought, is, did they, like, just let him off of the bus right then and there? Well, okay, I, this is what's interesting. I, I was seen when the news was first breaking, but I didn't go follow up and read any more about it, so... It seems to me that the Jets knew that this was going to happen. 
So they like stop the bus to tell yeah. him and get him off the bus, which is actually really nice because once he's no longer there, he does not need to ride down to Philly and waste his time. So I guess they had another car, or another vehicle that he got in to take him back to New York so he could pack up his stuff and then go to New Orleans because New Orleans is home this week. So they are not going on the road. And you can take a flight from New York to New Orleans really quickly uh, rather than have him in Philly on the road with the team, then have to get him back up to New York to get all the stuff and then have him go to New Orleans. It seems like they did a nice thing by taking him off the bus, letting him say goodbye to everyone, pulling over, explaining the situation to him, and letting him get back home so that he could pack and go to New Orleans because obviously he had stuff in New York. I'm sure he doesn't live in New York, so he's probably just living in a hotel during training camp trying to figure out what's going on. Like, if you're a player that is trying to make an NFL team and you don't live in that city, which I'm sure Teddy Bridgewater didn't just move to New York when he signed with the Jets. I'm sure he lives somewhere else. He probably just was in a hotel in New York or in an apartment or something. That was a temporary living. So he probably needed to pack it up, get on a flight, and get to New Orleans because now that's where he's going to have to be. So I think that was a cool move by the Jets, but it wasn't explained very well because a lot of these reports were on Twitter and there's only a few characters that you can explain it. And the Jets, like some people were upset and criticizing them, but I think they actually did the right thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw anything more about it that I may have not seen. I'm reading right now that it's most likely that the Jets, that the Saints, uh, the Saints, wait, let me, let me go back to it. I'm sorry. Um, Saints most likely sent a car to pick him up, but have you ever heard, heard, heard of the Cohen brothers? Yeah. The directors? Yeah. I saw, I saw a tweet saying, this is like the ending to one of their films. Not right. totally untrue, but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that is how their films end. Usually they just kind of stop. Yeah. I never saw Fargo, but I have to watch that. Yeah, you should. And There Will Be Blood, too. I have to watch. Yeah, you have to watch that, too. Yeah, I should probably start watching that ASAP. Um, yeah, so te- I actually really do hope Teddy Bridgewater does good. I mean, I'm actually tough- worried that he's going to do really well and that, that the Jets should have kept him instead of, instead, and he might be better than Donald. I... I don't know. I mean, didn't he tear his ACL before with the Vikings? Yeah, yeah. So he had them. So he had them played since what, 2016? Well, he played a little bit last year. He did. I don't. I didn't recall that. He played for the Vikings a little bit coming back, and not a lot at all. But he was dressed in the game. I think he played a few snaps when the game was out of hand. They brought him in. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. He's only 25 years old. He did have like a really, really, really bad injury. But he at least before he got hurt, you knew he could be a quarterback in the NFL, and he beat, he was actually becoming pretty good with the Vikings before he got hurt. So he technically has more experience. I don't blame the Jets for what they did, but it's just a shame that they paid so much money to Josh McCown because if they could have gotten rid of Josh McCown, then they would have had, I mean, number one Darnold, number two Bridgewater would have been solid. Now you've got McCown and they're. And they want him to be that veteran guy who helps Darnold along. 
So they really didn't have room for Bridgewater. Also, by the way, did you see the Jets' third string quarterback? No, I did not. Who? The Jets' third string quarterback. Who do you think it is? Uh, right as a bet, Tavares Jackson. No. No. Uh, Matt, Matt Hasselbeck. Nope. I love Matt Hasselbeck. Uh, it's not, it cannot be RG3 because he's with the Browns. Uh, give, give, me, give me a couple more guesses. It's obviously not bracket chip. It can't touch someone who, it's someone who's on their roster now. Mark Sanchez? No, he's not on their roster. Uh, Geno Smith? No. I'm just shooting into the dark right now. Uh, no, I can he, tell. Um, it can't be Christian Hackenberg. I mean, they released him. Or no. Him. I forgot which one. They, re- uh, they released him. Oh. Uh, Bryce Petty? Nope. Um, can't be. Sam Bradford has to be. Tyrell Pryor. Oh, the Ohio State guy. Yeah. He's a wide receiver. He's like their top wide receiver. But if something happens, they need to bring a cue. He's the guy. I actually like him, but. That's pretty legit. Yeah. Speaking of Ohio State, Jared, you're going to have to talk about big, big things that we oh. haven't talked about yet. Well, when was the last time we had a podcast? Did we talk about it at all? August 8th. August, I think August 8th. And I don't think we actually talked okay. about it yet. We haven't heard about yeah. the Urban Meyer stuff yet. None of the stuff is going on. All right. I'm just going to give myself to this real quick. First of all, I'm just going to say screw Chad Smith. Did you see what he, you see his little rant on Twitter today? No. Oh, you missed out on that part. How... He brought his kids into this. He's like, oh, this has been so hard on my kids. All the lies by Brett McMurphy. And I'm pretty sure he said all the lies by my wife. Um, his so wife's the one, the reason why the story happened. He's saying that his wife is lying about what happened, Jared. Wow. I thought he was saying that it was hard on her. No, he's saying that his wife is lying. Look, I'm pretty sure... He was like, oh, you ever see somebody being like one of the celebrities being like a whole Twitter rant, like they're having like a Twitter temper tantrum, pretty much. Yeah, that's what he was doing. He was like, oh, the Brett McMurphy, do you have kids? And somebody responded like, yeah, dude, he does, but he doesn't beat his wife. Like, right? I, I just, it's really hard for me to explain situations that cursing. So, put it like this: screw Ohio State, screw Urban Meyer. It's screw Chad Smith. I think uh, everyone, a lot of people already didn't like Ohio State, so now even Meyer, more people. And now, I, I didn't notice, I didn't really think about this, but Urban Meyer's coached a lot of shady stuff going on before. So yeah. The Florida team, and Pouncey Brothers, Aaron Hernandez, Percy Harvin, the Tebow. I mean, Tebow, really, don't put Tebow in on this. I'm like, not, he never did but, anything shady. But, but wasn't he a character of the team? Not in a bad way, but he's still a character of the team for sure. Yeah, but yeah, but he's not a guy who is in a negative connotation but whatsoever. Cam Newton too. Uh, Cam Newton. Florida. What yeah. about Cam Newton? He's no, he played at Auburn. Get out of here. You didn't know he transferred from Florida back in 2010 after stealing the laptop. 
Oh, are you saying before he was at Auburn? Yeah, yeah. Before he was at Auburn, he was at Florida under under Meyer. Yeah. Under, well, under if anything, yeah. the fact that they got rid of him is a plus one for Meyer. I guess so, but Meyer's done a lot of shady stuff, and it's hard to believe that what what was going on at Florida he didn't know about. I don't believe that. Oh, I agree. Like, I agree with you. And then he had this. I'm, I'm like making the paraphrase right now. Those. I think health issues of back problems or whatever. I think mm-hmm. that's total BS to be honest. Uh, yeah. Well, what do you have? What do you have? Why do you think that's BS? What do you have that you've read or that you know that that would lead you to believe that? Because you to the Florida team got bad and Tebow and Tebow uh, and Tebow uh, for the team, and Tebow got drafted. He left. Then right when Ohio State got their penalty, no, right right after Jim Trestle left, he joined Ohio State. After saying, I think he's having back problems or heart problems. I forgot which one. Okay, you can't. You can criticize him all you want for everything that's gone on here and that's gone on in the past, but you can't tell me he's making up his health problems. You don't know I think that. He is. Okay, but that's not. You can't say that. That's not. That's not fair to him. Like Fine. you can say you think he should lose his job because he's handled the situation poorly. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. But you can't say he's made up health problems. You don't know that. Okay, Jared, I don't know it. Exactly. <laughs> um, what's your take on this? I'm I'm completely with you, except for the health problems. Yeah. I think he I think he should not have a job with Ohio State. I don't think I don't think he should be employed there anymore. I think, and I didn't again. I. I I say this a lot, but I've read some of the stuff. There's obviously more stuff out there to read. Apparently, legal issues that Ohio State thought were more important that they don't actually get rid of him, that they would have gotten sued, that they were potentially open to a lawsuit, that they could have lost money about the whole thing, but yada, yada. Bottom line is, not only should Ohio State have gotten rid of him, but then in the press conference to announce this in this whole meeting that took all these hours, they were there late in the night, they were completely unprepared once they made a decision to explain why and at least come up with some reason why he's still the coach. Like, I feel like they've poorly justified their decision. They really haven't justified it at all. It's kind of embarrassing that an athletic department with that many people, with that many resources, can't figure it out. But, uh, no, I think for sure that, you know, I think I've had enough of him, I think, when you look at all of what happened, and he definitely knew about it, um, and then he lied about it, that he's saying he didn't know about it, um, and just all the stories and having him bring this coach to another program with him, I, I think I think it's pretty clear cut that uh, Urban Meyer should have should have ended up outside of Ohio State. In fact, they even suspend him in the first place is admitting that he did something wrong. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see this year. I think a lot of people are going to root against Ohio State if they didn't already. And I wonder if long-term how much longer he lasts there because if anything else happens, he's going to be out of there. And you don't think people are, people are going to be looking for other reasons oh, why yeah. he should be. You know, like if he messes up anything, it's going to be headline news. Yeah. Uh, now they spent those three games. Take guess what the first three games of the season are, are against. They're not against Penn, they're not against Penn State or Michigan or Michigan State. I mean, the reality is here. It's all about recruiting. Like yeah. Urban Meyer's a good coach. 
But in game, whether he misses three, four, five, whatever it is, they'll probably be okay. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody else would be would be all right. The key is though, what happens now? Do they lose recruits? Do people not want to go play for him? Is his reputation tarnished where he struggles recruiting and then he starts to lose some games and then they get rid of him because he's not as successful anymore? Well, it came out in 2014 and 2015 that he was taking apparently recruits, which are high school skiers at the time, to strip clubs with now Texas coach Tom Herman, him and Chad Smith. Actually, no. Yeah, I did hear Chad, that. No, not, not Urban Meyer. The Ohio State, Chad Smith, who was, who was I guess, with the, I forgot what he was doing at the time, and Tom Herman, who's now the Texas head coach, yeah. were taking the players, were taking high school seniors at the time to strip clubs. So, yeah, that came out. I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, the first game of the season are against Ohio State, Rutgers, and TCU, but I think they'll be fine against TCU. Wait, who is they play first week? Oregon State. I said Oregon South. State. Then Rutgers. And then TCU. That's at least decent teams. Rutgers. Could be playing a lot worse teams. After that, they got Tulane. And then after that, schedule finally picks up against teams like Penn State. Indiana, Minnesota, Nebraska, Michigan State, Michigan. Well, those are all conference games, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know how I don't know how uh, good any of those other teams in the Big Ten are supposed to be this year. So, I really can't say, you know, what, what, the, what the deal is, but we'll does see. Does Charles have, have a football team? Well, we're 90 minutes away from Columbia, which is where the University of South Carolina plays. Do you, read, do you read about the South Carolina field yet or no? I heard about it, but I never read about it. But I did hear about some other people told me about what happened. They had to totally redo the entire field, apparently. Yeah, I thought that's pretty pretty crazy, honestly. Yeah, it was. Was it was a field like did it look bad? I know I know you're focusing on. No, it was all covered up. I couldn't see it. There's a stage on it. Still wild. There was people on on the field and they're standing and sitting on top of a tarp that was covering the field. So like legitimately could not see any green at all because there's stuff all over it. It's just, it's just weird to me because that concert was at MetLife stadium and it didn't affect the field in New York. And the concert was in stadiums all over the country and then didn't have any issues anywhere else. So I don't know why in Columbia they had issues, but that's, you know, that's the big football here is them and, and, uh, and Clemson are the two big teams. And uh, South Carolina opens up their schedule this week. They play Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers, I believe. And uh, then Clemson opens up their schedule this week against Furman, which is also a team that's in South Carolina. So all four South Carolina, uh, two games between four South Carolina teams to open up college football. And then after that, South Carolina will welcome the Georgia Bulldogs to Columbia. And I believe I'll be, I believe I'll be in Columbia for that game. I don't know if I'm actually going to go. Tickets are kind of expensive, but I think I'm going to go down there and check it out, check out the atmosphere and, um, see what it's like to, to be around at a University of South Carolina football game. I did not get to do that last year or the year before. 
Uh, this yeah. is my third third time down in this area and uh, third season down in this area. So I um, haven't gotten to be there on a game day before, but I've been in Michigan for uh, – in Ann Arbor for a University of Michigan game. I've been in Lincoln for a University of Nebraska game. Looking forward to seeing what SEC is like. Might be my first SEC experience that I'd be down at. Probably crazy. Uh, I want to talk about one thing. I sent you a picture of, of, a, of a J.D. Martinez Instagram post that is kind of a little bit viral. I, I thought it was fake at first, but then I went back. It's actually real. I don't think we need, I don't think we need our sauce in this because it's pretty much just not good. Uh, I heard about a name that this is pretty weird. This guy named John Rocker. What about him? He put out some really controversial statements. When? When he played or now? <laughs> I'm more so re- he said some, some stuff when he retired about how Jews had guns, the Holocaust would never happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what started to run him out of baseball. Like he, no, was... he posted in 2013. What he really said back in 2000 was about playing for the Mets or Yankees. I would never play in it because of all the foreigners in it and pretty much calling out like a lot of ethnic groups. Yeah, there's been a lot uh, talked about after he retired. He's done some. There's been some documentaries where, you know, he's just a southern guy that just doesn't. He's never had diversity in his life, and he just doesn't understand anything about you know white southern culture. So he just criticizes everybody else, basically. Yeah, this is why he was enjoyed Atlanta, but you know, outside of that, uh, he's a total mental case. But he did yeah. play for the Long Island Ducks after that. How do you know that? Because I remember it was a big deal when he played for the Long Island Ducks because he said he wasn't going to play for his team in New York. And then he was out of baseball because he stunk. And then he tried to join the Long Island Ducks in an independent league baseball. And I'm sure that didn't work out too well. Was he killed with the Braves? Yeah, he. I mean, he had a few seasons where he was one of the best closers in the league. Oh, I never knew that. I never knew he was that good. I mean, there, I think there's one year he had over 50 saves. Oh. Oh, wow. I said this, I said this like, player that put up controversial statements. No, that, in fact, he didn't have any of that until the later in his career, other than the fact that when he was good, he was saying like things like, I hate the Mets. But that was just because the Braves and the Mets were rivals. And yeah. Mets fans used to yell at him and stuff like that. It was, yes, he was very much hated in New York. And he was saying some stupid things, but it wasn't as racial. It was just him being an idiot and him just being, you know, in the rivalry of Mets-Braves. So do you remember anything when after the statements he made, he came back and played in New York for the first time? I couldn't imagine being a winner over there at that time. Yeah, but nobody cared at that point because oh well when he once he said he hated the Mets, yeah, it was a big deal. Everybody was going nuts over the whole thing. But when he oh, was I, like, when he said I hate foreigners, and I came back. No, nah, that nobody at that point he was he like nobody cared really. Imagine like, today. Yeah, but again, like if he says that today, nobody cares because he's he's out of baseball already. He's not in no, the game. No, but but if he but if he's like in, in the in his career saying something like that. Yeah. Imagine what happens. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm saying that. That's pretty crazy. Uh, all right. Any of the topics, Jared? Um, oh, you know what you talked about that I'm really heated about? What? I see a lot of people in the 
past week uh, criticizing Ross from Friends for being a character from being a bad character, and I have a huge problem with that. Well, what do you mean by bad character? Like a boring character? Boring or character, just... annoying character. He's not. He's the most misunderstood character in television history, Jared. I think that's you know a pretty why? bold. That's a pretty bold statement, Max. You know why? Because he's smarter than everybody else in the, in the in the whole show, and he just he knows. I feel bad for him. I can honestly see why he's he's sometimes sad. I I actually can see that. Okay, also, but here's the thing: no, wait, he also, makes he, he yeah. is smart, but he makes ridiculously bad decisions. He did not cheat on Rachel. I. That's not what I said. All right, good. Or wait, you're you're on my side if they were. On he the makes right? bad decisions, Max, and I can tell you exactly what I'll illustrate that perfectly for you. I want to try to prove it wrong, but go. Later on, who does he go out with? Janice. That is an absolutely terrible decision. Yeah, that was a bad decision. I can't really defend you that. You cannot argue I that. That is, that is, like, I know that he's smart. Absolutely he is. But if he was that smart, he would not go out with Janice. And think it was okay. And actually like her. Uh, one thing, you know, okay. The one thing that I can defend but also is pretty dumb he kept forgetting about Mona a lot in like season eight. Yeah. And that, <laughs> like, I remember one, at one point he, he was like in the college, like, oh my God, Mona. <laughs> like, he said it was Davis there. I thought that was pretty, pretty bad. Also, how dumb do you have to be to say the wrong name when you're getting married? Oh, I defend that 100%. How are you going to defend that? Okay, Jared, he was still in love with Rachel at the time, probably. He had never stopped singing to Rachel. I, I okay, then that. why are you marrying someone else? Maybe he, was, he, had, he had a crush on both of them, Jared. Maybe he liked both Emily and well, Rachel. Okay, there's wait, one thing. Wait, uh, hold on, wait. there's one thing to have a crush on someone. But to go all the way and get married in another country and then not say the right name? Sorry, dude. Can't, I, I, I don't think – look, I don't, I'm, I'm in the middle here. Like, he's definitely not – like, he's definitely not the most misunderstood character in television history. That's ridiculous. But also, like, he is a smart guy, but, I mean, he's not misunderstood. Like, he – it's pretty – he's pretty well understood. Like, he makes – he's a smart guy who emotionally makes absolutely terrible decisions. Okay, I want to defend the, the thing, Rachel thing, but the alter thing right now. I think I think I can actually defend this. Ready? All right. For the show, for the beginning of the show, it was pretty much illustrated. He was he'd always liked Rachel from a young age, like in high school, middle school, that that type. More so high school, I want to say though. Correct? Yes. So he had always sort of, I would say, maybe not until later in the show, but at most, at, at a lot, at a lot of times, like especially when he, when she came out of season one at the beginning, he kind of envisioned himself with her. And yeah, I think it's, I think that's a pretty fair excuse. Yeah, but no, that's not a fair excuse. Like, just because he used to like her before and has liked her for a long time, you've made the decision to spend the rest of your life with somebody else. This is the number one most important moment 
that you have with this other woman, you cannot make that mistake. And it's inex like there's literally nothing you can say that will make that okay. And if he did love Rachel that much, he needs to get over before he starts marrying another girl. And I Jared. know that takes years, but I'm just saying he already had a failed, a failed rela- many failed relationships. He said and then the- this, that that led to another failed relationship. I mean, it's just at some point it's pathetic, Max. Jack, he didn't. Okay, have you ever mispronounced something before? Not my wife's name when I'm getting married. Okay, so Jared, what would you say if God forbid you did get married and that and you, and you mispronounce the, the 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 your wife your bride? I wouldn't. Wife? I wouldn't. You don't know that, Jared. You haven't married yet. Okay, fine. If I did that, I would completely say that it's an absolutely terrible mistake and recognize and understand. That you can't make that mistake, and then whatever happens, I have to accept the consequences. That's Emily, it. Would you say Emily also overreacted a bit? No. Okay, Jared. Now let's throw you into this over here. All right, your wife. Getting you're just you're. You can't make the the one point that he loved Rachel forever, and then make another point that his wife Emily is overreacting because he loves another woman. He you said can't the wrong play name, both sides Jared. of the fence. He said the wrong name. You can't play both sides of the fence. Jared, if you're okay. saying the wrong name, you're obviously not 100% committed to it. Now, Jared, I haven't been to many weddings, but when you get... I don't think I've actually been to any. But when you get married... Uh, your name, too? Yes. Okay. Let's say your wife-to-be says the wrong name. Would you be okay with that? And, like, let us out, like, oh, she made a mistake of the name, and then move on and get married with her? Or would you, like... Just- it depends what name she said. I don't specific instance of friends he could have said Monica and it would have been like oh he's with Monica all the time it's his sister it's fine like we think I think we can look past this but it's the, it's it's about the specific name that he said it's not just any name it's the one name that they're having so much problems with leading up to it you know what I'm saying yeah. he could have said he could have said Erica instead of Emily. He could have said Jessica. He could have said Phoebe probably even. But he said the one name you can't say. Like if it was me in that situation, if it was my wife, if she said the name of just some random dude like Joe, then I'd be like, oh, you know, like maybe I can forgive this. But if she said like a a specific serious long-term ex boyfriend that had serious things going on, no, I might not be able to forgive that. Because that's not the way you want to start off your your wedding, your life together. You can't make that mistake. I think we can agree to disagree over here, Jeremy. I think, I, think I just owned you at your own game. <laughs> I think you're... Okay, would you think Ross... Would you think Joey is a better, question, better character than Ross? Uh... I don't know if better. I think Joey's is the funniest character. I think he's hysterical. So he's from funny, a, wait, you think, you think he's funny than Chandler? I do personally. Oh, I know <laughs> people. Some people think differently, but this is what I think. But I'm not going to say he's a better character than anyone else. I just think he's the funniest character to me. You know what Andy's favorite character is? Who? Take one guess. 
Uh, I don't know. Phoebe. <laughs> yeah, that's what I get too. That's isn't that a hot take? That's a well, it's not a take. That's a hot. That's not a take. Opinion. That's just that's a really unpopular. It's opinion. an unpopular opinion. Yes. <laughs> I didn't believe that either. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, so, Joey is my favorite character because I think he's funny and I and I laugh every time. He, he, he's his storylines are hysterical to me. Like I I love the I love everything about Joey. I I, I, I love it. But that's just me. I think the best. I think my the second best, favorite character is Monica. Monica's very good. I I think the best. I think the best. The three best Joey moments I can really nail off are the Taylor one, where. Hell yeah, like pretty much Taylor with the clutch of him in the wrong place the whole time. Uh, Stalin. Hell, you know what I'm talking about or no? Yeah. And the other one was, oh God, was it the lemonade one? It was, um, was it a French one? I forgot. But this leads me to another question, I guess, about Joey. Should I watch the TV show Joey? No. Is it that bad? Probably. Did I really? Did I, once I saw that there was a, once I saw once I saw there was a spinoff. I'm like, wow, this should be really good TV. I mean, the reason why they didn't have more than a few episodes should should tell you exactly all you need to know. Yeah, they put it out for two seasons. Is it available to be streamed anywhere? I don't know. Exactly. You know, it's a really good show. What I like about you. Never seen it. You've never seen what I like about you? Nope. With Amanda Bynes and Jenny McCarthy? That's why I haven't seen it. Dude, it's an amazing show. Alright, are we good for this edition of the podcast? Do you have any other topics you want to bring up? Um, I'm thinking real quick. Um, Hockey, nothing really to talk about. I saw, actually, have you seen the, the, the NHL teams, at least the New York Rangers and New York Islanders do? They have dog mascots. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I think the Rangers did it first and the Islanders copied them. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, Jared, at the end of this podcast, that's really wrong over there. <laughs> that's think, how it goes, man. I've been thinking about asking Ethan to do another podcast, a political podcast. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work out. It's worth a shot. I'll, I'll, I'll see if we can try to get Ethan on the next episode. <laughs> Okay. Because we'll be hitting double digits next episode. We need a special guest. All right. Just 